We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, Her Hoop Stats fans, welcome to another episode of the Her Hoop Stats Unplugged podcast. As always, you're here with Megan Gower, and I hope you're enjoying the third week now of the WNBA season. Crazy how fast it's flying by. Uh, by next week, we'll already be halfway through the regular season. Obviously, as always, there's lots to talk about, especially with three games a night. So without further ado, I'm here with Richard Cohen from our Her Hoop Stats team. Hey, Richard, how's it going? Hi, Megan. Doing fine. Great. Thanks for joining me. I know it's late your time, though. You said you're staying up to watch the games live, so I guess it's not that late for your schedule. Yeah, I I may live in the UK, but my body clock's more in US. (laughs) Eastern, yeah, Eastern ish. Well, that's good, especially for WNBA season, obviously, especially with these late tips. I think we have a lot of like 9 p.m. tips, which I struggle for on Eastern time. So I can only imagine (laughs) doing that on like UK time. Um, But excited to have you on today. Um, I know there's a bunch of stuff, obviously, that W talk about. I feel like I'm missing having the off day this week. We had no off day on Monday. So it's been like a whirlwind week of basketball. I think we get the off day back next week. So that's good. I think the players would agree with you. I think they probably would quite like to have Monday off as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. As I sit here complaining, as I like, I'm spending too much time on my couch watching. They actually have to play every other night, so a lot bigger commitment from them. Um, but yeah, I know it's definitely been exciting. But I think you've seen it in the injuries and stuff that has definitely been tough on the players in terms of you know their schedules and how many games they're playing. Yeah, playing every other day. I think we're we're seeing a lot of sort of all of the the little minor injuries. There haven't been too many that have taken. I mean, we saw Kareem of Christmas Kelly obviously with a serious injury, but other, but mostly it's been lots of little muscle 
pulls and ankle turns and everything else because no one's got any time to recover properly. So. Right. Yeah, but it feels like even those little ones are becoming major like factors for the teams. Just because I mean, even like Kennedy Carter for the Dream last week going down, it's just like a two week turnaround, which in normal time would probably not feel like that big of a deal. But two weeks in this format is so many games. It's like probably over a third of like their regular season time so it's kind of crazy yeah i mean yeah you in what would normally cost you a game or two at most you're missing five or six and in a 22 game season as well that ends up being an awful lot it it probably will cost carter the uh, rookie of the year you'd think although at the minute i'm not sure who she's going to lose it to but the rookies keep dropping like flies and that's making that award a, a bit of a toss-up at the minute yeah exactly it's been kind of an interesting race um i have some hot takes on that but that's probably for another episode because i could probably talk for 30 minutes just about kind of what's going on there and what i'm thinking might happen but um yeah actually the one thing i wanted to start with was i saw your tweet earlier today and i agreed with it but also thought it was worth talking about you kind of talked about how you think there's basically in the top tier of this league right now it's just one team in that top tier obviously the Seattle Storm, I don't think we're shocking anyone by saying that, but I wanted to talk a little bit about your take on that there, and if you think there's anyone that can kind of contend with them as we start heading into the later part of the regular season here. They have just, I don't think it's all that complicated. You watch the games and they've just looked like the class of the league, and it's, the numbers don't totally back it up yet, in that they're not like running away at the top, but the combination of everything, they're the best defensive team in the league. They score more than enough. And no one else looks like they're in their class yet. The, I mean, just like what we just talked about, the, the biggest issue could end up being health. But they're also the deepest team in the league. So basically, as long as it isn't Brianna Stewart that gets hurt, they can pretty much cope with losing virtually anyone else. We just saw them lose Sue Bird for five games and they won them all anyway. Yep, exactly. I totally agree with that. Um, like you said, they're, I think, top of the league for both offensive and defensive rating. And yeah, their bench is just so deep because when you lose Sue Bird, you put in Jordan Canada, who isn't quite Sue Bird, but still a really, really good backup point guard. Um, someone that obviously was really good for them last season and part of them having kind of a better season than people expected with Stewie and um, Sue Bird being out last year. But I think they've got Sue Bird back now. Like you said, as long as Stewie doesn't go down, they can have someone on the bench that they can pull in in a lot of different places. Um, so, yeah, I think they've looked really good. I think, was it last night they broke, like, the record league record, I think, for three-pointers in a game or something crazy? And Brianna Stewart only had, like, seven points and they still won by 30. Yeah, she had one bucket all night, and they won by 37 or something. Yeah, something insane. And... I mean, to be fair, they're playing one of the weakest teams in the league, but still, it was dominant, and Atlanta never touched them all night. Yeah, exactly. I think we're starting to see that kind of dominance from them a little bit more frequently. I think my like take on them when the season first started, they started against the Liberty in that like opening day, first game of the season. And while they obviously won, I was like kind of expected them to like wipe the floor with New York a lot of like what they did with Atlanta yesterday in that first game, and they didn't quite do that. Um, but I feel like a lot of that might have just been some you know rest players that haven't been on the court together in a little bit. But they're certainly quickly I think coming into their own and what we would kind of expect from the Seattle team. 
Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got a lot of continuity, which always helps in the WNBA because you're often coming in with a very short preseason, and obviously the preseason this year was very unusual and a, a kind of a mess. But when you've got players who've played together in previous seasons and they're essentially playing under the same system, even though it's a, a different head coach, that helps at the start of the season because everyone knows what they're doing and where they're supposed to be. And all they've basically done is kept the core from previous years. And then compared to last year, they've added in Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart and Nezzy Magbegor, which some nice little additions to make and just, just boost what you were already doing quite well last season. <laughs> yep, little additions. <laughs> Funny to say that about Stewie and Zubert, but yeah. <laughs> Agreed, they, they just look good. They have that continuity. They have, you know, most of that team that won the 2018 championship on the floor, which is obviously a huge asset and will continue to be a huge asset as they, you know, head into the playoffs and all of that, which is, crazily enough, just like a few weeks away. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Not really sure how that happened, but yeah, in a few weeks we'll be talking about playoffs. Um, but yeah, that experience obviously in the playoffs is going to be huge heading down the stretch, assuming that everyone stays healthy. I think that's, I feel like the number one thing that's going to affect how these teams end up is making sure their key players stay healthy for the right games. But um, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on like, I mean, obviously, like we've both kind of alluded to right now, that we think that Seattle is really in their own class at the moment. But do you see any teams that down the stretch you like expect can kind of compete with them in like a five-game playoff series? I think Chicago have looked like they can get there eventually. I'm not sure whether it's this year, especially with whatever the hell's going on with Diamond Shields, who continues to play but basically look like a complete shadow of herself um they look like a good team they're well coached now when maybe they weren't a couple of years ago with a lot of the same players but it it doesn't feel like they could really threaten seattle in a five game series it feels like they could maybe get there but i'm not sure they could genuinely compete with them after that i think you're looking at LA or maybe Vegas um, both because their ceilings are higher than a team like Minnesota who have really impressed everyone by managing to win a lot of games early on and I was expecting them to, to be a playoff team but I'm not sure that they're genuinely a threat to win the championship Yeah, I would kind of agree with everything you said at the beginning of the season, I would have had the sky up there, but I think that kind of hinged on what a lot of people were talking about as kind of like a breakout season for the Shields. Like she was an all-star last year. Is she going to be kind of approaching that like MVP type caliber of player? And obviously she's not healthy right now, so that's not happening. And I think that kind of lowers the sky, uh, ceiling for the sky a little bit. If she's having kind of, you know, a great season, I think they're a lot better team. Um, so hopefully they find a way to get her healthy know what the answer to that is because we don't even know what's really going on injury wise there but um you know if they, she can get healthy it's going to be a huge advantage for them and maybe they could challenge kind of Seattle a little bit in some like a down the stretch come end of season but I agree without her in like full form I don't quite think that they're you know really giving Seattle a run for their money in a five game series um but also agree with what you said about 
the Aces and the Sparks. Minnesota has obviously been extremely impressive. I don't think anyone expected them to kind of come out the way they have in the season. I mean, they're tied for second in the league right now, I'm pretty sure. Um, and kind of with, I mean, even with Sylvia Fowles being out for a couple of games with injury, a lot of different pieces kind of contributing. I don't really feel like they have like one player that's like scoring all their points every night or anything. It's kind of been a whole team effort. So that's been impressive. But agree that just the like amount of stars on either Vegas or LA gives them a little bit of a higher ceiling. Yeah, I mean, I was one of the people who didn't really believe in the Aces coming in because there is so little shooting on that roster. And it was hard to believe that having lost Cambage and then losing Plum as well, that there was going to be enough to spread the floor and allow them to do what they like to do and actually get to the rim and, and score it. But they've they've managed to score enough and they're a strong defensive team. McCourtry's looks healthy. Asia Wilson will be in an MVP discussion, assuming she stays healthy as well. They... They're starting to make a believer out of me in terms of being a genuine contender, even though they still don't have the shooting. The problem is that that sort of stuff gets even more magnified in a playoff series when you game plan for one team and you basically stand everyone with a foot in the paint and say, okay, shoot, let's see what happens. Right, exactly. There's definitely some question marks there, but I think by far and large are still the second or well actually not by large but they are still second in the league in offensive rating so they even though they haven't shoot shot well their offense hasn't suffered too horribly so far um and a large part of that is of course asia wilson so who i agree is in the mvp conversation i think kind of if you're looking at front runners for mvp right now it's probably between her and stewie um or probably like i mean i know it's early but those are kind of the two names that jump off the page for me at the moment at least I would tend to agree, yes, the other names I've certainly seen discussed would be Fowles and Vandersloot. But, yeah, I mean, Fowles has obviously missed a couple of games, which hurts her case. And Vandersloot brings in all sorts of conversations about whether you can win an award like that from point guard and whether you can win it scoring a 10, 11 points a game. She's obviously incredibly important to what Chicago do, but those awards tend to go to people who score a lot of points. Right, exactly. And I mean, I think Vandersuit can win it. I'm always a proponent of, you know, it's not just who scores the most price, right? Like efficiency matter. What else you do on the floor matters, but agreed that they tend to go to people that score a lot of points. And it's, I mean, part of it, I think, is, right? Like, I mean, no one's going to argue with if you say that Stewie and Asia Wilson are kind of front runners for that. Like, they score a lot of points, but they do a lot on the rest of the floor, too. So. Yeah, for Vandersloot to win it, it would probably need to be one of those years where most of the other contenders sort of get hurt or have off years or whatever. They'd probably need to be a a, a little bit of an, an opening caused by the, the lack of alternatives, even though she is as good as she is and she's the obvious leader and candidate coming out of Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Which I think is also kind of just like a... Uh, interesting in a way because I think a lot of people if Chicago was going to be good this year probably maybe wouldn't have picked her as like the leader out of Chicago would have been like okay is the Shields going to have an MVP type season um, but of course we've already kind of hit on that um, but like you said it kind of another play where you're looking for someone that scores a little bit more to kind of win that award 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Shields could get there maybe at some point in her career, but even if she'd been healthy, I think this might have been a little too soon for her. Her, okay. her reputation's a little bit ahead of where her numbers are if you actually look at the stats she put up in the first couple of years in the season as well. Right, agreed. Um, I think part of that just comes from her style of her game, right? Like she's just a super athletic player, um, kind of really fun game to watch, but... As she kind of starts, you know, putting up more numbers, she's going to definitely be in that conversation, but agreed. And then it's also hard, obviously, when you're competing against Alexa, you know, Brianna Stewart and Asian Wilson as well. Yeah, there's some pretty significant competition. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to shift gears a little bit and kind of talk about the article that came out this morning, um, something that's been coming out every Thursday. So quick plug, if listeners are not subscribed to our newsletter, Go over on Substack, subscribe to the newsletter um, pretty much daily during the week. We've got content coming out, and Richard's got an article coming out every Thursday called The W Dozen, which I've personally loved. It's like kind of a great, quick, like, read top points from the week, what's going on in the league. Um, you want to talk a little bit about kind of what you've been doing with that? And then, of course, we can hit on some of the points you made in it this week, too. Yeah, I mean, I started doing it years ago back at my old site and have just resurrected it for this season it's just sort of trying to touch on the things that have interested me over the last week in the league and that have cropped up so you end up with some some sort of proper journalistic points like talking about the Indiana Fever and how they've started the season and things like that and then the next item is about referees blatantly missing flagrant fouls or a coach's terrible haircut or god knows what else um so yeah, hopefully it entertains some people while also raising some worthwhile points about what's going on in the league. And there's lots of video and pictures and all sorts of stuff in there and tweets so that people don't just have to wade through blocks and blocks of my writing line after line. <laughs> yeah, important update on the coach's hair situation. I think I saw a tweet today that hairstyles have arrived in the mobile so hopefully we'll see bill limbier with a haircut in the near future yeah holly said holly rowe said that the salon opens on the 16th i think so there's there's three days until lambier can finally get that that thing that's <laughs> off of his head sorted out <laughs> yeah so hopefully i think the 16th is what sunday monday so maybe with their off day of games on monday he can get himself a haircut <laughs> we can say goodbye to that ridiculous headband <laughs> it's kind of been a funny point on i think it's the mr not the mystic sorry the aces have been kind of listing it on their injury report yeah it was on there somewhere yeah his barber was one of the people who was missing something like that yeah <laughs> you kind of feel like he needs to do do something with it now, though, rather than just get it like trimmed in a nice, sensible cut. It needs to become a mohawk or <laughs> be like get it dyed pink or God, anything. Yeah, there needs to be something special done. <laughs> well, hopefully, if anyone from the Aces staff is listening to this, <laughs> send those suggestions along. I think everyone would get a good kick out of that. Um, but going back to your article, yeah, I think it's awesome. It's like so fun to read every week. Quick recap, lots of videos, lots of different tweets and stuff in there. Good way to like kind of catch up on everything that's happening in the week because I know it all feels like a whirlwind when there's three games on a night. Um, is there any points in there in particular you wanted to kind of hit on today? I mean, I feel like the first one about Indiana is good for discussion, but leave it up to you. Yeah, I do think the fever are interesting because I was – actually on another podcast earlier on this week and 
in preparation for that, sort of started looking at the, the team stats across the league, and the most surprising ones that jumped out were Indiana, because even watching virtually every game that's been played, you didn't think, well, that's that's clearly one of the, the top offensive teams in the league, but the numbers back that up, and then once you see that and start watching them, they've, for that, they've been pretty smooth, and it's an impressive offense, but they're not winning games because the defense is just as bad as the offense is good. So, yeah, that that was the opening item this week. <laughs> yep, and I have the stats open in front of me, and there they are, right at number 12 in defensive rating. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of hard to win games when you don't have defense. You need something on both ends of the floor. Um, but I feel like it's in terms of, you know, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in, what, three years, I think, now. It's at least positive to see something working for them on offense. Um, obviously, allows them to stay, if they're not winning games, at least stay in games more than they might have. And it's always going to create more entertaining basketball if you're good offensively and bad defensively <laughs> than the other way around. People like to see scoring. That's, that as long cool. as it's that way around, you should be creating a lot of points. <laughs> Yep, yep, agreed. <laughs> People do like to watch scoring, and yeah, obviously. There's a lot of teams that are very good that are good because of their defense, but that's not necessarily what everyone watching wants to see. Um, so yeah, they're an interesting team to me in that they're, like I think, standings-wise, kind of hovering that. I mean, obviously it's still early, but I mean, not that early because I think we're close to nine games in for most teams, and it's only 22 games in the regular season, so we're reaching that halfway mark. Um, but they're hovering that kind of playoff line. I think they're right above it maybe right now. Obviously, that fluctuates like every day. But, yeah, they're in eighth right now. So that kind of final playoff spot. I think they're an interesting conversation for, like, if you look at, you know, the bottom of the league and the four teams that didn't make the playoffs this year. Obviously, Indiana was one of them. And then you've got New York, Dallas, Atlanta. To me, it feels like even though their defense is so horrible, they probably have the best case to be, you know, kind of that team from that group that makes the jump into the playoffs this year. Would you agree with that? I I think, well, I think we can rule New York out at the bottom. I would then tend to add Atlanta and probably Dallas to that, although Dallas is so young that there's a chance that they sort of pull themselves together at some point. And then you just need one more to come up with your four teams that are missing. And it, it could be Indiana, but Washington have been terrible the last week or so, so they might drop off, especially depending on health. And Connecticut have obviously been a mess for a lot of the season and are sort of dragging themselves out now that their schedule's got a little easier and Kurt Miller has actually decided to play more than five players each in each game. So... Yeah, they might make it. I don't... Yeah, there's going to be one team who misses out. You're probably only going to need maybe nine wins to make the playoffs. So, given that, three already, they might get there. I, you could certainly see them making the playoffs, and that would be a sign of progress for them. Yeah, agreed. I think they've definitely got a shot at it. Like you said, Connecticut's kind of been a mess, hopefully. I mean, I expect there's a lot of new pieces there and that will start to gel a little bit more. 
Um, and then Washington obviously has been on the you know five game losing streak now. When the season first started, I had had like the hot take that like they Washington was going to miss the playoffs, and then felt really dumb for the first like two weeks of the season. But now it seems to be like a little bit more like okay, yeah, that's kind of what we were expecting Washington to look right look like without a lot of the pieces that they are missing. Well, you see, I was the other way around. You see, I was one of the few people who kept saying they've got enough players players left. This team can still be pretty good. And then started feeling good about myself after the <laughs> week where it looked like I was right. And yeah, now it's starting to to look a little bit more in the other direction. The, I think losing aerial powers has sort of been the the straw that broke the camel's back. This sort of you can lose so much talent, and then eventually you hit that one last piece where you can't cope anymore. And I think I think they hit that when when she went out. So they need her back as soon as possible, healthy and ready to play. Agreed. Yeah, they've kind of that's been a big factor in that losing streak. Um, yeah, and like you said, when they when you already have lost so much, kind of losing that like one more piece can really just be like the nail in the coffin. So hopefully they get her back soon because obviously she's a joy to watch as well. Really dynamic player. Love watching her game, but yeah, they are certainly hurting without her on the court. As I mean, everyone has seen over the last I mean, five games, is only what, like a week, <laughs> last week and a half. <laughs> yes. Anything else in particular you want to head on? Uh, yeah, there was a new section added to the to the article this week that hopefully will now repeat on a regular basis, which was Clark's corner at the end. Um, Clark being Alicia Clark because of my undying love for role players who do all the dirty work that doesn't get them an awful lot of credit. And yeah, so this is just like just going to spotlight sort of the plays that get made that don't necessarily get noticed all the time, which Alicia Clark makes a lot of. Yeah, I love that idea. I feel like that's so true about so many great players in the league, right? They don't necessarily put up the like big point numbers, big rebound numbers, so the box score doesn't quite capture what they're doing on the floor, but what they're doing on the floor is so important to like their team's success. And even the stuff she does that sort of actually does make it into the box score, it's usually incredibly efficient and it's you know, it's the right stuff. You don't you don't turn the ball over, you make the right pass, you shoot threes and layups and free throws, you punish people when they try and guard you with players who aren't good enough to guard you. And then you just, when they want you to just stand in the corner and stay out of the way while Brianna Stewart's taking over, you don't whine or bitch about being asked to do that either. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's such an important thing, right? Is like knowing your role, and especially when you've got a player like Stewie on your team. Like, obviously, they want Stewie to take the shot sometimes. And knowing your role is so important and filling that role in the best way possible. And it's always incredibly impressive, these players who've had to to fight and claw to to make their way into the league and to to sort of craft a, a hole for themselves. Because she was a four in college, but it was pretty obvious from her size that she wasn't going to make it, certainly at WNBA level, she might have made it in Europe just playing as a, as a post player. So she's worked on her game, developed her skills, and she's basically a, a prototype three at this point. She guards every kind of perimeter player, but she can also go inside and and punish teams if they try and guard her with small guards, which is part of the benefit of being a four in college. She's still got the post moves. So, yeah, I mean, 
the, the players who work hard. I mean, we've seen the same thing with Kayla Thornton in, in Dallas as well. It's another player who's who didn't look like she had a place in the league to start with. But you work that hard and you show what you can do and produce. And eventually you, someone will recognise it and eventually they'll they'll have to keep you on the floor because they can't keep you off. Yep, exactly. I think that's a super important point. And like, I also like what you said about efficiency, right? That's such a big thing for me. Um, I feel like to me, when I'm looking at box scores and stuff, I'm like, yeah, you scored 25 points, but if it took you 40 shots to do that, is that that impressive, right? So, um, I can't imagine who you might be talking about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like a pet peeve of mine, right? Because then if you have everyone else on the floor shooting more efficiently than that, if they take some of those shots, does the team score more points? You know, maybe. Um, <laughs> but... Um, no, I just think that's like such a sometimes a point that like gets swiped under the rug is it's not just about scoring 25 points a game. It's about doing that efficiently. I'd rather see a player that scores, you know, 15 points a game, but does it on eight shots or something like that. But um, I think it's a matter of, you know, knowing your role on the team and figuring that all out. But yeah, I'm excited to see kind of who else finds their way into the column in that section. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about that as well, to be honest. But yeah, people crop up, crop up from time to time. I mean, Thornton's almost certain to make it, but there are others as well. All right, so to wrap it up, kind of just talk about you know games coming up this weekend because I mean there's just so many games right. Um, so we've got between Friday, Saturday, Sunday, nine more games this weekend. Any on the schedule in particular that you're looking forward to watching? Um, well, we were just discussing this. That there are a lot of games between good teams and not so good teams. So, I mean that that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad games, but there could be quite a few blowouts. You know, a- ABC have, have got a double header between Phoenix and Dallas in the first one, which even without Tarasi, Phoenix ought to be able to handle. Although. Yeah, they've been inconsistent this year and in previous recent years, so who knows? There could be a decent amount of scoring in that one, at least. And then Seattle, Connecticut, which you would expect the Storm to win that fairly comfortably. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of a quiet weekend in terms of like matchups you might see in the playoffs, but a couple of interesting ones on there. I feel like the other one that kind of catches my eye is that Saturday one, Mystic Aces, obviously it's expect the aces to kind of win that one but gives us a chance to see if the mystics can kind of pull it together a little bit um kind of break that five game losing streak which very well could end up just going to six with that one but it will be interesting yeah i mean after decades and decades of watching mike tebow teams be at least 500 ish whoever he happens to have on the roster you you don't want to just assume a Tebow team's going to get beat against pretty much anybody. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if they managed to pull themselves together and at least keep it close. Yeah, I agree. I uh, can't count him out. So that might be one of the more interesting ones of the weekend. Um, but, yeah, so I think – and then we get Monday off, so <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> to catch up on everything you couldn't watch live. You sound like you're looking forward to the day off. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not because I don't love the games. It's just like I'm with the day job and writing and everything. It's like impossible to keep up with everything. Yeah, the, it, it's a bit of an onslaught. Yeah, definitely. That's been, I mean, been one of the good things and bad things about about this season is that there's always something to watch, but people are definitely feeling a bit overwhelmed by the amount of stuff there is to watch. I think at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I'm also just like, it goes so fast too. And I'm like, I don't want to end. I know I still have the playoffs and stuff, but now I feel like with all the decisions about college football in the U.S. this week and stuff, there's a lot of uncertainty over when a college basketball season will start. So it's kind of like, well, when this ends, when are we getting basketball again? So <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah, not, not so easy to play a national college basketball schedule in a bubble though. Yeah, exactly, which is you know, obviously a big point, part of why there's so many questions around what's going to happen there, given everything. But hopefully, I don't know, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> I don't even want to, like, I don't have the brain space, I feel like, to be like, what's going to happen to college basketball. Yeah, that, that, that's the future. We'll worry about that in a few weeks after when we're already in the playoffs for this season. Yeah. Yeah, when there's not three games a night anymore. <laughs> that's what I'll use that free time for. <laughs> All right, thanks, Richard, for joining. This is awesome. Thanks, Mike. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. As always, make sure that you're subscribe, rate, and like the podcast, review, wherever you're listening. It helps more people find us, and not just the Unplugged podcast, but also the Monday version of the podcast with John and then the new Courtside with Gabe and Christy. If you haven't checked out those two new episodes from this week or prior weeks, make sure you go check those out as well. Also, make sure, like we mentioned earlier, that you subscribe to our newsletter on Substack. It's totally free. You get great content from our team in your email almost every day. And of course, Richard's WNBA Dozen Piece weekly right now, which is awesome. And then, of course, make sure you go check out the stats site at your stats.com. Thank you again for listening.